Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we hear about how God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. We're excited you've joined us. Here's our host, Brett Marani. In our previous weekly interview episode, I opened a conversation up with my Luddite friend, my longtime <laughs> Luddite friend, Chip Davis. Chip, welcome back to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. Thank you, Brett. I, I enjoy it. So last week, Chip, we did open up this conversation on the topic of change. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, how we respond to sometimes massive changes around us in the culture or in technology. Sometimes these things lead to, to good things in our lives and for people. Sometimes, as you mentioned, there's a dark side to these changes as well. We think of the internet, for example, what a, what a simple illustration, and I think hopefully very obvious example. The internet has been a wonderful thing for so many people to be able to research things, find out information they need to find out so quickly for perhaps even emergency situations in their lives that might have taken them a long time to get before or sometimes even too late. But then it's also, there's a very dark side to the internet. The internet has enabled the good perhaps to be amplified as well as the bad. More addiction to pornography, I think, today among the population than than in the past. More, uh, more opportunities for fraud and for deception and for people to take advantage of others uh, through the internet. More of a perhaps cultural discourse of anger and verbal abuse going on because you don't have to see people face to face to say these things to them, it seems to me. So, but the positive side, of course, is there's a lot of great things that occur on the internet, a lot of gospels, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of the gospel being spread and people coming to Christ through witness, witnessing on the internet, through social media, through other things. I tease you and say you're my Luddite friend. In our previous episode, we talked about how I got a compute, personal computer about a decade before you did. I got a cell phone well before you did. I got a credit card well before you did. You, you're, you're slower to adapt and slower to change, even to this day. Uh, you're not on Facebook. I'm, assu- I'm assuming I didn't ask you this, but are you on Twitter? Oh, no, I won't even know how to get on there. <laughs> Instagram? No. Do you know what Snapchat is? I've heard of it. Okay. I don't know exactly what it's about. Yeah. So part of this is perhaps due to the fact that you don't have children. You and Lana, you know. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's, that's another thing. You, did, you got married uh, five years before I did, so you, you've always been a trendsetter for me. I follow up after you've made the, the, the you blazed the trail for me. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe Chip will have his own podcast not too long from now, maybe, you know. <laughs> well, I doubt that. <laughs> 20 years from now or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. When, well, yeah, when there's no longer any such thing as a podcast. But the thing I love about talking with you, Chip, is I'm not talking with someone who's backward. I'm just talking to someone who chooses to be slow about these things. I'm not talking to someone who's not educated. You're highly educated. You're brilliant. You have an incredible mind. Uh, you can quote from the classics. You can quote. You can remember so much of what you've read. You're always an intriguing person to talk to. Anyone who talks to you longer than five minutes knows they're dealing with a highly educated, highly intelligent person. And yet, you have chosen to be very slow and adapting, whereas I've been what many people would call an early adapter to much of technology and things like that. So, But we both share common theological foundation. We both are kind of in the same tribe of way of thinking in our approach to the scriptures and to ministry. So we have so much more in common than we do have in terms of our differences in our ways we embrace or reject or are slow or quick to adapt to change. So this is, I think, a, a fascinating conversation for the two of us in particular to have. Last week, we kind of talked about 
many of the changes we've seen in our lifetime, and we didn't even touch on all of them. I mean, it's just in our 50s now, we've seen a lot of change, particularly in the area of, as we've already mentioned, computers and internet technology and, and things like that. That's that's the big deal in our lifetime is, is the internet, the information access through the internet and, and media. And everyone can have their own TV channel now. You know, when, when, you, oh, and yeah. I, when you and I were children, we had... ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS, you know, three or four channels on most televisions. You had, like you said, you had to kind of even maybe turn your antenna to get one or two of them. But over the course of our lifetime now, most of us can get hundreds of channels for free, and then you pay for even more channels if you want to watch more. Yeah, it's, it, we've seen significant change. Not, that's, that's, again, technology, entertainment, but also in the societal realm, the redefinition of marriage, which marriage is at the core of the institution of the family that God established. And that's been redefined in our country, in our lifetime. That's very significant. But back to the big question, as followers of Jesus, how do we go about addressing when changes occur, whether we accept or reject them, or maybe we tweak them or adapt to them? What do we do when you have people saying that the redefinition of marriage and then the LGBTQ IA plus whatever it's at right now, uh, the rights for these people, and it's they're considering it an extension of the civil rights movement, and they're comparing it to the issue of slavery and Jim Crow laws. It's the struggle of, in other words, this is a continuation for civil rights of what happened in the 1800s with slavery, and then even into the 1960s with you know the civil rights movement as believers. And I've had so-called progressive Christians argue, look, you're on the wrong side of his- history. If you want to be on the right side of history, like otherwise, you're just like the people from the 60s. You're just like the racists from the 1800s and the, and the 1950s. Unless you embrace homosexual marriage, gender rede- redefining and all this stuff, you're going to be on the wrong side of history on this as well. You're, you're resisting change. So you see the argument there? Yep. I so see the argument. What's the difference? How come we as Christians... As a whole, let's just go ahead and say it like it is. A lot of Christians were prejudiced in the first half of the 20th century. And over, yes. the, over the course of their lifetime, they changed their position and they recognized that they had been wrong and they repented. Now they're saying to us, it's the same thing. Now you need to accept these lifestyles as legitimate lifestyles that can be practiced by Christians, LGBTQ, etc., gender change, sex changes, and all, all that, trans, transgender, all that. How do we say to them, no, this is different? Well, ethnicity is is uh, is not a lifestyle. There is nothing inherently wrong with any of your races. Each race has been made by the Lord himself. Uh, diversity. God loves diversity. And, and, uh, and being created with a certain look is not wrong because you bear the image of your creator. But. The other is a lifestyle choice. No one should be mistreated, period, but no one should be um, mistreated on the basis of uh, whether they're poor or whether they're uh, a parent due to their ethnicity. I love I love everybody, and each one is a gift from God. But when you are embracing a lifestyle that conflicts with Scripture, it's different. The civil rights movements is one thing. They weren't saying go out and uh, practice that which God has said is not right. They were saying that this person is every much as equal as anyone else. I, I think we need to go, and you said this 
I think in the previous episode, the scriptures are the bottom line. That's all that matters is what God says. Human opinion means nothing. Mm-hmm. And and the Bible let every man be let God be true and every man a liar. The Scripture teaches us in human history when there has been a great respect for what the Scriptures teach. You have not had, in my opinion, this um, complete uh, depravity of mind by people. I really believe that God has turned over in America anyway in Europe. I believe God has turned us over to a depraved mind and a seared conscience mm. that no one, uh, not not everybody, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's not that uh, if you cannot live at odds with God unless you start changing in your mind what he says, or you're going to have to get away from what he says in order to live at peace. Because it says in God's word, this or that is wrong or right, and you do not want to practice that, then you're going to have to change uh, the definition of what God said or to uh, change the meaning of it. And we got, you know, this is true. Bible scholars that try to say, well, it was a cultural thing, a historically cultural thing to say this or that. But that's twisting God's word. And there's also uh, judgment for people that teach that or influence others in that way of thinking. But being born is not wrong. Embracing a lifestyle of disobedience is. I am born, I I was born with and have an interest in women. I did not force that. It came natural. But even though I have an interest in women, that does not excuse me to be unfaithful to my wife. Or that does not excuse me to to pursue relationships outside of marriage, which God has said is wrong. So, People in general have tried to dismiss what God has said in order to support their own lifestyle. And what do you do? If you don't want to be reminded of your wrong, you just stay away from God's word. And so that's what has happened. And so many people no longer know it, or if they do know it, they don't accept it anymore. It's just as outdated. And so uh, they're going to appeal to someone who uh, tickles their ears and believe what they believe. But Mm. you mentioned that this morning at breakfast. A guy was talking about that, brought that subject up about uh, homosexuality. And I said, you know, there may, may be many people in that arena that that have that natural temptation, but that does not mean they have to act on it. Just like I may look at a, a beautiful woman and uh, realize that's a beautiful woman, but that does not mean I have to pursue a relationship with her because I have a relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. And so uh, choosing a life of disobedience is just that. And God will let you have that choice, but you'll also reap the consequences of it in due time. Mm-hmm. I believe there's some things we embrace, some we just, you know, immediately know to reject, or some we may study on and reject. You know, I mean, it, it may involve all of these uh, adaptions, you know, some things, yeah, like me, you know, uh, seeing the benefit of uh, the Internet usage to, to spread the gospel. To another place, you know, through giving to a ministry, you know, there's an adaption uh, that I've looked at this and said, you know, that's a that's a positive thing. That's good. So some things you want to embrace, some things you want to embrace with caution, some things you want mm-hmm. to reject, as we mentioned before, the redefinition of marriage. We're going to reject that. Yes, right. Marriage was God's idea, and mm-hmm. He defined the terms for marriage. That's it, right. It's fascinating. Even in United States history, the government stayed out of marriage completely. It was the business of the church mm-hmm. and, until politicians decided they wanted to get their hands in on it so they could tax and, and get involved with control in the eight, late 1800s is when uh, marriage became something that was you know tied to the state, but for 
first over 100 years of our nation, or roughly 100 years of our nation, the U.S. government had nothing to do with the institution of marriage. Yeah, that's a lot of people, good. A lot of people don't know that. And so now when the government's deciding marriage can be more than just a man and a woman, it could be a, a man and a man or a woman and a woman or whatever, it's like, wait a minute, this was never your thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. This was of people of faith. That's right. <laughs> so I think they left the it church, with God. Yeah, I think as as people, as God's people in the church, we can say, you know what, hey, the government can say this is what marriage is, but we're going to stick with what God says marriage is. And if you if you take political figures that are not influenced with scripture, then they're going to be influenced by both, and they're going to naturally go the way of uh, least resistance and try to get all the support you know they can. And so it does go back to really, like you said, for, for most of uh, American history, there was there were people who accepted the Word of God as being the Word of God and, and lived in accordance with it. But uh, I don't know, Brett. I think the '60s affected our uh, future in in a, in a incredible way when you know some oh, of the, the music sexual was revolution good. yeah and yeah, the, yeah no fault yeah. divorce and all that yeah yeah i would say the that these rectus i told my mama that said, mama your generation ruined <laughs> yeah, yeah, really you know we're t- talking earlier about what are the biggest changes that have occurred in our lifetime the t- computer technology obviously the redefinition of of marriage has been huge more recent history but that has its roots in the 1960 with throwing off you know restraint restraint in regard to sexuality, human sexuality, which also I think is playing into this whole gender redefinition thing. This goes back to the 1960s with the sexual revolution as well. But, um, and commitment. Yeah. You don't see commitment like you once did. You, I mean, most of American history and most of the world history, you had to be committed to, uh, principles bigger than yourself. And that's just not the case. We're individualists now. Right. And, uh, do what you know you think is is good for you, right for you. Who am I to judge it? So from and that, yeah, exactly. From a societal perspective, the other big change in our lifetime has been in the nineteen seventies when we six, late sixties for you, nineteen seventy for me coming into this world. Um, through the seventies, even there was still a general appreciation for and favor toward Christianity. That's that seems to be gone. Yes. Now we are reaping the fruit of of that. So. I, in my lifetime, this is almost descriptive of the way things have changed. You talk to a person that was lost, and you said, "Are you?" And you would say to them, "Are you a Christian?" And they would say, "No," but they would say they know they need to be, or they acknowledge God in the sense that even though if they weren't following Him, they had a to believe it, believe it or not, they had a healthy respect. They they knew He was there, and there was a a touch of fear about it. You know, I know I need to be serving God, but I'm not. You know that kind of thing. Now, it's just like, I've had a door shut in my face. Uh, I had a man tell me one time I was welcome to come visit him, all I wanted to, but to not mention uh, anything about God again along that line, you know. Mm. That was something uh, I just don't see years ago when, when I started out in the ministry. Of course, it may have been there. I just didn't encounter it as much, but, or at least not in this area. But this is in this area, a very conservative area that has, has gotten to that point. Another major change in my lifetime is the distrust of the media. And the change in the media and how they function. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just really, really bad. I grew up on Walter Conkright. And right, I actually tru- believe Most it. trusted man in America. Yeah, I mean, I I think he, I think the newsmen of then just kind of gave the news and let you make your own mind up about it. Whereas now it seems to be force fed. There's an agenda behind it. Always. Yeah, no doubt. There was, there was back then as well. It just wasn't as pronounced and obvious yeah. and maybe not as aggressive. 
And I think there was a better attempt at neutrality and presenting multiple sides of the story. But that's partially because multi- the multiple sides of the story, people weren't as far apart as they are today. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the chasm between the left and the right is much further than it was 70 years ago. You know. Well, let me, let me say this to you real quick, Brett. Yeah. I do believe in my observations that this is just general observation. How many times do you go to a restaurant and not see even families on their cell phones or, you know, their smartphones while they're at a lunch together or meal together? Oh, yeah. And Milan and I will watch a movie, but be on, she'll be on her iPad and I'll be on my smartphone looking up sometimes information about one of the characters we've seen in something else and whatever, you know, their life, uh, what happened throughout their life, you know, biographical information. And I do believe that the technology with all its benefits, there almost needs to be a moderation with it that we need to also step away from it on the case and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not isolate ourselves from it, but just to let our brains recover. I don't know if we were created to absorb this kind of knowledge this fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we seem, seem to be created by the Lord to work with our hands and we've become a, a society of, uh, Screen, I think that's why we have a lot of mental struggles. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. I think that's the cause of a lot of, not all, but a lot of mental struggle. That's an interesting point there to think about. We have so many more people struggling with anxiety, so many more people on medication. It seems the percentage of the population with those struggles has gone up. And I wonder how much of that has to do with comparing ourselves on social media to others, et cetera, uh, taking in and consuming so much information that it's too much for us to process, like you say. So, all right. Hey, it's yeah, been a so. great discussion. We could talk a lot longer, obviously, on discussion. Perhaps we should sometime, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this up and just encourage people, be in the word, ground yourself in God's word, be cautious. Don't just completely embrace every change that comes along in society. Think about what does God think about this? How does this line up against his word? Uh, if the word does not directly address the topic, then you know, talk to people of wisdom who've, who've been around a while and th- think through what are the possible repercussions for, for this change and should we fully embrace it or should we tweak it or should we resist it or reject it? These are some of the questions I think Christians need to be asking increasingly and having discussions about to help us discern during these times. So thank you, brother, for coming on. Appreciate it. God bless you, Brett. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.